Welcome to this week's episode of the Barack Lurie Show. Barack Lurie is here, Ari David Nee is here, and so is Jane Velez Mitchell of the, uh, is the website janeunchained.com? That's correct. That's right. And Jane is here because Barack has something very much in common with her that he's about to talk about as he drags the mic away from me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough crowd here. Uh, Well, first of all, welcome, Jane. Thank you, Uh, Barack. We're so pleased for you uh, to to come on, on board for the show and to talk about a really special topic. T- today's topic is about veganism from the conservative perspective and veganism from the liberal perspective. You're assuming I'm a liberal? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm assuming that. I'd call myself a green libertarian. You can have all the capitalism you want. Well, that's the most. But just stop <laughs> slaughtering 66 billion animals every year. All right, so we're off to the races. That, that, might be, <laughs> that might be my fault because I explained to Barack that we live Venice, California adjacent, so we might have just made assumptions. Well, she's a, a, a green, what you said, libertarian? Yeah, I mean, okay. actually, if I had to pick a party, yeah. I know it's not realistic at this point, but I'd pick the Humane Party. There was a guy from Intel who's a top executive at Intel uh, who ran uh, on the Humane Party uh, recently. All right, we'll get, so we'll get that, to that, yeah. but I will ask you, before I get to yeah. your background and, sure. and how you chose to be vegan, yeah. um, what uh, if you had to have if there's a gun to your head and you had to choose between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and that's the, the only cho- choice sure. you have, yeah. who would it be? I would choose the Democratic Party, but I'm I'm not really happy with either party. I feel like what we're experiencing now is sort of same fight as dance of the disintegration of both of those parties. Uh, they don't really. Um, represent a 21st century society. They're really very much a 20th century or even a 19th century concept. Right. And so I think that it's going to give way to, I would say, less emotion-driven eventually, hopefully, uh, parties that might represent things that are not just based on, you know, who we are, what we look like, where we come from, and, uh, you know, our sort of uh, definitions of ourselves, but really how to make this world a better place, how, how to be more efficient, just well, like the technology I, industry. I, I would love that, but uh, you know, since the past uh, two and a half centuries that we've had American politics, I've been very <laughs> emotional every single time, and there's not one single election that you could say is not really emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, think, I think we're kind of stuck with the emotions at some point, especially when the, party, the parties that are campaigning are trying to be as emotional as possible. Yes. But that's neither here nor there. The, sure. the basic divide between the Republicans and the Lib- um, Democrats, I should say uh, conservatives and the, the liberal slash leftists, um, is a divide between how they view government. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's a major divide. Maybe not the only one, but the role of government. What is the answer, you know, with the capital A to mm-hmm. this or that social issue? Mm-hmm. So, for example... Uh, abortion. So, for example, uh, regulation of businesses, taxes, mm-hmm. affirmative action, things of this nature. What is the answer? Uh, the classic liberal, and I should say leftist response is uh, one that government should be involved. There should be a law that says mm-hmm. X, and yeah. that will fix everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas conservatives say, no, we should not be reliant on government uh, very much at all. Some, to some degree, mm-hmm. yes. But nevertheless, uh, we really need to rely on ourselves more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, and so forth. Okay, so that's the classic divide. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying one is right or or, or the well, other. I, 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 I fall on one say, side, and you fall. Yeah, you, you I, I would say the that the Republicans and the conservatives do um, very much um, want the government to help them, 
and that's why we have corporate socialism today. And I'm not a socialist, but it's really the corporations that are benefiting from the government, not the individuals. So these corporations have their thumb on the scale, and um, they, through their lobbyists uh, and infiltrating the various agencies, essentially control the agencies that are supposed to monitor them. So we have a corrupt system that I would call corporate socialism. Hey, Ari, I thought you were going to get somebody that disagrees with us. <laughs> well, now you know why I love her. All right. Oh, I've been, I've been fooled, I have. All right. Uh, look, we may agree on that subject because... That, was, that was catnip to us. That's right. <laughs> uh, certainly on the... Cor I mean, obviously yeah. you're talking about big corporations. Small mom-and-pop yeah. pizza stores don't have exactly. that kind of influence, yes. obviously. So we're talking about Apple and IBM yeah. and uh, Shell or whatever. Meat and dairy industry Meat, primarily. Sure. Oh. And the pharmaceutical industry. Yes. For sure. So we, we, we agree on this. Yeah. So there's so much yeah. power and lobby in sure. this. And, and I think that's anti-conservative. How about that? I, I love to hear that. I don't think that the Republican Party really represents what you would think of classically as conservatism. My father was a conservative, and I don't oh, think he would like three-quarters of what I, they're I, doing today. We don't even have to get into that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking really about the conservative platform. Mm -hmm. We are trying to get the Republicans to mm -hmm. be more conservative, yeah. as it were. So uh, I, I really want to kind of stick to the more classic sure. conservative position, more classic leftist mm -hmm. position, and, and see that distinction. Um, because I, I agree with you. I think that, uh, for example, John McCain, I, I can't distinguish him from a Democrat. Hmm. Richard Nixon in the past, of course, uh, I think he was more of a Democrat than, than Hillary Clinton hmm. would have been. So we can go on and on like that. But I'm talking about the, the ought-to-be's on both sides, Okay. Um, but I but love isn't that the problem, that the Republicans masquerade as conservatives, they masquerade as free enterprise, but in reality, they just want the government to benefit them? And oh, so they're I, kind of I, like I, a Trojan I'm horse. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I would even say, I mean, the classic line is when, uh, you know, Republicans win when they act like conservatives. Liberals win when they don't act like liberals, Right. So that's a that's a classic line. But let's get to the vegan part okay. because that's what we're really here for. That's what brings you yeah. here and, and uh, that's the what I want to understand. That's the of the issue. Uh, uh, we promise no more puns. Well, <laughs> even right. though so, I say that I would I consider myself a Democrat and I'm probably registered as a Democrat. Um, she admits it. Uh, if the <laughs> Republicans cut the subsidies to the meat and dairy industry, and stop the wasteful experiments that the National Institutes of Health are doing, I would, I would become a Republican. I like this lady. <laughs> Let me repeat. I like this lady. Okay. So here's one of the great things is that, as we will discuss that, we'll get to that yeah. point, but I, I feel like we're, we need yes. to kind of get to that. And we will talk about those things that our own party is failing to see, mm. right? And, and yeah, I think sure. that's a very good point. Yeah. I, I, I would bring up, you kind of brought up to the point, so I'll bring it up right now. As an example, it is so anti-Republican, more importantly, anti-conservative to give all these subsidies to the meat industry. Yes. We don't realize, you know, the classic, um, the cliche about a conservative is some guy in the backyard flipping burgers and, you know, come and get it. And I like my, my steaks uh, raw and mm -hmm. all that stuff, right? But they don't realize the reason why it comes to them so cheaply is because of a very anti-conservative uh, proposition, which is subsidies. Right. Government should not be involved, in, we believe, in, in virtually anything except for the bare necessities. And here they are subsidizing 
which I call involvement. And, and yes. It, 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 you and I know, yes. uh, and I'll say this for the sake of our listeners, that if there were no subs- subsidies by the government to the meat and dairy industry, that a burger would cost 16 bucks. You know, the yeah, equivalent exactly. of a, a Big Mac in McDonald's would a be 16 bucks. A bad burger would cost. Yes. Even cheap, a bad, yeah. No, that's a, the low-end burger. That's yes, right. exactly. $16. Right. Exactly. And, and, and no, we can't have that, you know. So instead what happens is they get all these subsidies and they pass that along, the, the savings, to the consumer. And so everyone feels like they, they can uh, they can afford meat, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, meat. And that's not a good thing. All right, let's 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 backtrack. Sure, Jane. How did you become? What was the epiphany? If there was an epiphany, or was it a slow burn to get to veganism? What's your story? Well, I was lucky because I grew up in what was essentially a pescatarian household where we ate fish and eggs and cheese, but we thought of ourselves as vegetarian, and we weren't, of course. So um, my mom was born in Puerto Rico in 1916. She died almost 100 years of age just a couple of years ago. She had a pig that she thought was her friend, her pet, her companion, and she came home from school one day, and the pig had been slaughtered for food because it was a food animal. It was a farm animal, and she became distraught and she shunned meat from that point on. So she came to uh, New York, uh, became a successful uh, vaudeville. She was the last of the vaudevilles. She oh. had a dance troupe and played all over uh, North right. America. And um, she met my dad, who was Irish, and he also converted to pescatarianism, even though he had been a big meat eater. So when I was growing up, we were already sort of on the journey, but we didn't really understand the nuances of why it's important to be vegan. So as I became a journalist, I went to NYU, and then I uh, became a journalist, and I was going here, there, and everywhere. And um, I started seeing these images of factory farming, Mm. and I was just shocked I I could not believe that a human being would create an institutionalized torture device, for example, like a pig gestation crate, where pigs who have higher IQs than dogs or cats are kept in crates the size of their bodies, never able to turn around, and they become psychotic, and they actually break their teeth chewing the bars. And when I saw that, I, I was just so horrified, and I started looking more into the battery cages. Uh, and uh, really seeing that there is no humane way to consume animal products or byproducts. And so um, actually I became vegan when I was, I had progressed to true vegetarianism in the sense that I didn't eat fish either, but then I ran into Howard Lyman, who was a fourth generation cattle rancher who wrote the book Mad Cowboy. He was the one who went on the Oprah show many years ago and she said, he he, he made a pact with God because he was on his deathbed uh, about to go in for a major surgery and he said, if you get me out of this, I'll reveal the secrets of the my industry, the cattle industry. He survived the surgery. He wrote a book called Mad Cowboy. He went on the Oprah show and he revealed the horrors, what they do to these cows and these these cattle. And she said, that stopped me cold from eating another burger. And that's when the cattle Mm -hmm. futures dropped. She was sued by the Cattlemen's Association. She had to move her show to Texas. She ultimately won. And he became this cause celeb. And he was doing a a circuit tour of his book. And I interviewed him. And afterwards, he and his publicist come up to me. And they say, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because I had already learned about how the calves are removed from the mothers. You knew where that was going. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. uh, they looked at me and they pointed their finger right at my nose and they said, liquid meat. 
And that's the moment I went vegan 21 right. years ago. And, you know, it takes 28 days to kind of change your taste buds. About a month later, having had no meat or dairy, and no dairy, I had already given up meat. I, somebody actually put cheese on my uh, salad, and I spat it out. It became repulsive to me. You know, your taste buds take uh, a good 30 days to change. So, Which is not yes. much when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's wonderful. I, mean, I I would say that the way you're describing your approach mm -hmm. to becoming a vegan, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately from vegetarian to then mm -hmm. vegan, it was more based upon the cruelty to animals uh, feature, the, yes. the what, what some people call the ethical yes. veganism. Right. Um, I like to think of uh, being uh, in uh, approaching veganism as one big room, and people come to it from many different doors, mm -hmm. like a circular room, yes. if you like, right? And so you come in from, from the ethical veganism mm -hmm. side. Uh, another person, such as myself, may have come in from the health side. Mm -hmm. A third person may have come from the environmental side. And But yet, here we all are, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, how you doing? And, and it doesn't matter. We all arrived to this location at the end of the day for the betterment of, uh, as it turns out, <clears throat> uh, the animals, <laughs> for the betterment of our own health mm -hmm. and for the betterment of the environment as well. Mm -hmm. And we all praise each other in the process. So we learn from each other in that process. I, for one, came uh, from the health point of view. Mm -hmm. I, I had a terrible crisis. When I was 31, I, I had, without boring you too much, uh, it was clear I was going to have a heart attack if I didn't do something drastic. Uh, the doctor didn't talk to me about, oh, being vegan or anything else like that. On the contrary, he said... Well, you're going to die, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> so I, I just thought that that's not a very good answer, and that doesn't sound very doctorish of you, doctor. Um, so anyway, I, I was worried about this. I was very heavy at the time, and I had a very high cholesterol. And uh, then a combination of things happened. One was I went to a, a party, and I was kind of depressed about this this uh, diagnosis, I guess, and. I met a doctor who had a very a big degree in nutrition, and I said, uh, I've got this high cholesterol business. You know, any tips? I mean, the doctor tells me I should go on these things called statins. Mm -hmm. Didn't have names yet yeah. at the time. Uh, and he said, you know, Barack, if you want to reduce your cholesterol, then stop eating cholesterol. Oh, right? that's brilliant. It sounded so complex all of a sudden. <laughs> Can you break that down for me, doctor? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. I, uh, let me diagram this. Slow down. You're going too fast. You know? So anyway, I, so I said, well, where's, what am I eating that causes an increase? In, and mm -hmm. he says, only animal products. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of animal products, you will reduce your cholesterol. Right. And your whole body will be balanced in a much better way that you'll never have to worry about a heart attack. Yeah. And I thought, or stroke or diabetes yeah. and a whole bunch of other things. And I thought, okay, that sounds great. And, and I knew he was right. But I still was eating burgers uh -huh. and still eating chicken. Yeah. And then I think literally, and, and by the way, up to this point, I was toying with the idea of being a vegetarian because a lot of people, like yourself, were saying, you know, you really ought to think about the way the, the meat is getting to your plate. Mm -hmm. I like the way that they phrased it. And they were right. I, and I knew intuitively that mm -hmm. they were right. Yeah. But I still was eating the burgers. And I was still like a lot of the, our listeners right now thinking to themselves, you know what? I understand it. Intellectually, I just don't want to see it. Thank you very much. And when it comes to me, I like to think. I don't like to think about those things, right? They don't even, they don't even think about it. It's, they don't even think that they don't like to think about it. They mm -hmm. just don't think about it. 
Well, they, they the think burger. they get a pass because everybody's doing it. But we know history is replete with uh, examples of groupthink. Uh, well, group slavery sadism. was a good example. Yes. Right? So, uh, so, and they don't get yeah. a pass at the end of the day. That's right. You, you are participating in a very evil enterprise. So I, I actually did have the ethical part as well. <laughs> yeah. Two days later, while I'm still eating this, I get this massive food poisoning. Ooh. Right? I'm, at, I'm in the hospital at UCLA for two days. Hmm. Things are coming out of pores in my body that I didn't even know that Ooh. I have, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was so horrific. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm going through all these convulsions, um, Barack, yeah. you knew this was wrong and you, you kept mm-hmm. on doing it. Mm-hmm. You knew better. Other people, maybe not, mm-hmm. but you knew and yes. you kept on going. Yes. And I felt, in a sense, not that God was punishing me, but God was showing me. Mm. It's a very important part. I, I'm very yes. Uh, religious. Yes. And um, so I, I felt that God was in the equation as well. After that, I already had a, a revulsion, a repulsion toward, yeah. what is it, a re- revulsion to, to meat? Yeah. Anyway, uh, and so I wasn't eating anyway. And then when, even when I got better, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to try this crazy vegetarian thing mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, see what happens, and then go vegan, see what happens. And I had a girlfriend at the time who was vegetarian, always made great meals, by the way, and she was always healthy. She never pushed me, which I always liked about that. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Gene, after two, after 10 days, I felt fantastic. Mm-hmm. I noticed, not that I was trying, I noticed that I lost weight, mm-hmm. and I was feeling fantastic in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Now, you know this because you've been through it. And uh, it was such an invigorating feeling. And uh, then, then I decided, you know, after two weeks, why would I go back t- to what I had? And then, like you explained, uh, after about, about a month, my tastes were changing anyway. I lost any interest in meat. I lost interest in chicken and, yeah. and uh, dairy, for, for that matter. And I was, I was hooked, and I loved it. And I, why would I ever go back? I, I, don't, I don't take any drugs for, um, like a lot of, I'm 53, I'm almost 54 years old. I, I take um, no drugs for, um, you know, avoiding to go pee in the middle of the night, yeah. which a lot of my guy friends have to do. I have no drugs uh, in any other department, yeah. you know, that you hear about uh, yes. on the news, which are some, yes. some, sometimes inappropriate for children. But nevertheless, I don't have to do that, right? That's, yeah. a, that's a great thing. Well, you've just hit on why the rest of the world is not getting this message. Right. Because if people aren't using statins, right. it's a billion, multi-billion dollar industry yes. to Forget control cholest- yeah, cholesterol. Yeah. How are you going to monetize this? How are you going to monetize it if people aren't getting sick? Right. And you know what's really interesting is whenever I, as a journalist, try to bring up the issue of health when there's a healthcare discussion, right. I'm shot down as if I'm talking gibberish and I'm a moron who's practically illiterate. Right. Uh, no, we don't want to talk about health. We want to talk about the deductibles and the single payer system versus this system and the what you know the uh, the whatever the plans are and all the intricacies. Everybody wants to sound so smart. You say, "Wait a second, hold on, hold on." You know that we could afford any healthcare system we wanted if people weren't so sick, and it's actually the US government that is making them sick with the diet that they're subsidizing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we know you're a vegan. Uh, let's get back to the subject. Literally, it's almost impossible to get the message across. And, um, you know, we're all very conditioned. And, you know, there's a number of things that people say when I tell them I'm vegan. 
uh, first of all, you most immediately were ridiculed. You know, I'm gay, I'm uh, Puerto Rican, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I'm vegan. I have been discriminated more uh, because I'm vegan than right. all of the others the combined. Other, oh, that's very funny. So people who would never that's insult my ethnicity or my sexual orientation think right. nothing of coming t up to me and laughing in my face and and calling me, uh, you know, practically a witch right. because I don't want to kill animals. Right. And, you know, I've gotten to the point where I kind of that feel like though. I'm living in the future and I've been dropped in a wayback machine back into the dark ages because when the light bulb goes on and people start realizing that this is the single most important issue of our time. Right. It's the leading cause of climate change. 51%, according to uh, uh, actually uh, economists who have studied this, say 51% of greenhouse gases are caused by animal agriculture. Right. I want to talk about that. Yeah. But now I'm going to ask, I'm going to move you to a different area. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, sure. I agree with so much of what you just said. Uh, the... And we'll talk about the conservative yeah. side of it sure. as well. Okay. So before we get to that, uh, what do you find? Uh, I assume that you've converted a few people to become vegan um, yeah. in the past. Uh, all vegans have. Sure. Especially somebody who's been around the block now for 21 well, I years. I have a whole social saying. media news network to convert there you people. Go. So you've converted a lot of people. What do you find is the most <clears throat> effective um, reason why people have become vegan, and, and meaning that people have told you. They say, Jane, you know what, uh, when you said X, that blew my mind, or whatever, and, and that's how I, I did what, what do you find was the most effective uh, tool in your arsenal? Well, you're actually looking, you're asking the most important question. We need to change the culture and change it quickly, because right. we're going to hit a no turning back point. That's right. And so everybody argues in the vegan community, well, no, you should do it this way. No, you should do it this way. And what I try to say, or what I've realized after a while is, everybody has a different reaction. Some people hate being shamed. I was actually converted to veganism because I was shamed by, I was vegetarian, but I was just shamed by these people pointing their finger at me, essentially. And so some people need to be shamed. Some people need to confront um, footage to, sh to put them in terms with what they're doing. And I consider it murder, and I think they ordered the hit. Just because, you know, in criminal law, you're a lawyer. You don't have to pull the trigger to be guilty of murder. If you if you conspire with somebody and you arrange the murder, you could be just, you are just as culpable. Right. And so um, I, I think if I had to choose one, if I had all of humanity and I could only do one thing, I would show them like earthlings. I would show them what really happens to these animals because they are told a fairy tale. You know, I do a, a weekly, I, I participate, I don't do it, but I go quite often and it happens every uh, Sunday night at midnight at Farmer John, which is a, a pig slaughterhouse down in Vernon, right outside downtown Los Angeles, we bear witness to the pigs coming in for slaughter. We try to comfort them, we give them water, and you know it's based on that concept of Tolstoy's, that if you see suffering, you have a moral obligation not to turn away from it, but to bear witness, even if you can't stop it, that that has a psychic impact on you and the world right. and the victims. So we bear witness. Um, and, you know, so many people have fought me going down there, but the friends that I take down there, when they see those pigs that look you in the eye and they're like children, they have the emotional development of toddler humans. They start crying and they say it's immediately, I can never eat meat. I'll never eat meat again. My, my wife is, um, uh, she, 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 you're speaking to what she did. 
she's not quite a vegan yet. She's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our kids are vegan. Oh. Um, uh, it was a condition of marriage, by the way. <laughs> I said, we're going to get married. But you know what? If we're going to get married, our kids have and to be And your kids vegan. are going to be healthier than the general uh, population. You, you ought to see my kids. Yeah. They are really fantastically healthy. Yeah. There's no, they, they don't have tantrums. Yeah. Uh, they're beautiful. They're healthy. They don't get sick very often. Um, they pay attention. They're bright as all get out. Um, I'm just, I couldn't be happier Mm -hmm. uh, with the health of my kids and the joy that the kids give me. Um, Having said that, my my wife, um, she she went to a slaughterhouse and saw cows being killed. So Mm -hmm. instead of, I mean, I would have liked her to say, well, I don't want to eat meat at all. I think this is all bad. But but because it was only a cow slaughterhouse, she she wouldn't eat cows, right? So uh, forget about the chickens, forget about the pigs. She'll yeah. eat that, no problem yeah. at all. Yeah. Which, but anyway, at least we got her to, to stop yeah. eating something. Yeah. At least it, she, we got her to be discretionary in one way. Yeah. Now, um, there, there are many different groups to convert, as it were. Okay. Yeah. So I asked you that question because I, I'm curious. Um, your focus seems to be, and I think it's a very good way to go about it, by the way, is to speak about bearing witness, about the cruelty, about... You know, this is this. We're, we're participating in murder, as you say. I don't call it murder, but nevertheless, I would. You know, I call it a, yeah. a, a, a very strong disrespect yeah. of God's will. Yeah. Um, and for me, when I speak, I, I actually found myself uh, being very effective. I speak differently to guys. Mm, yeah. And differently to women. You talk about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one thing. But, no, because but, but seriously, I don't, I don't it is a there. precursor to heart disease. You know, people don't realize it's a, it's a that when yeah. the body gets clogged with cholesterol, which right. is plaque, right. all the vessels in the body, there's yeah. a skyrocketing increase in Alzheimer's. Right. And we wonder why. I And, and I just want to say one thing. Not I don't want to correct you, but I just want to give you a sense of, right. yes, we do that, but we also do a daily vegan cooking show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also go to all sorts of events like VegFest, galas, conferences, and yep. we just yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, I was at a carnivore, uh, LA's second Carnivores Anonymous meeting, hmm. where now they're treating it because it's so addictive, right. they're treating it like, um, like alcohol. alcohol. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, anyway, so I, I, I agree with you about the erectile dis- it's fun. It's funny that you mention it because, yes, we can laugh about you know, the penis and the erections and such like that, but in reality, it is... For a man, it's the most obvious symptom to himself of a problem, mm-hmm. right? You can't tell that your your heart is is um, slowing down unless you have a heart attack, of course. You can't tell that your your thumbs are somehow not moving very well or your toes are not moving well or even your brain's not functioning as well. But you can tell pretty quickly whether, you know, downstairs right. Right. things are happening. Right. And you, where, where you should be having an erection, you're not getting an erection, that's a bad sign. And so it's an, it's an outward and obvious sign to you gentlemen. And you know what's so just Assuming you're really, gentlemen. what's really so Machiavellian is that the um, meat and dairy industry through commercials associates masculinity and meat oh, on a very it's, it's subliminal so, level very all the time. It's, it's not subliminal. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right there. Well, but, and, and to your point, yeah. to exactly your point, yeah. um, it's so fascinating. I mean, study after study shows this. Yeah. Women have a much easier time giving up meat mm-hmm. and men have a much easier time giving up dairy for exactly mm-hmm. that reason. Ooh. So dairy is associated with the feminine. Like dairy, you think of dairy, oh, click, 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 yeah, all yeah, the nice yeah. little chickies. And men, that's cool, I can give that up, but I can't give up my meat, yeah. right? My, my, uh, my three steaks a day. 
uh, and my pork and everything else because that's that's really tough. And you always have a cowboy with the ranger yes. and the branding and all that stuff. They, they can't give that up. So everything's flipped. It's exactly for mm. what you said. Now I never I never thought of that. That's oh, good information. Yeah, the uh, dairy with we, the females and the meat with the males. Oh, we, we, you and I will be learning yeah. a lot from each other yeah. today. As, as a non-vegan, can I give my quick testimony yes, yes, on those yes, two sure. issues? Sure. One is. Um, as, as a man, and maybe I'm an exceptional man, but I'm probably more just average, I don't think about my um, erectile function. I'm obsessed with it. It's all I think about. I'm thinking about it right now. Okay? It's just, it's just, it's always there. And uh, I gave up, and, well, I can't say I gave up because there's occasions an ice cream cone passes my way that gets eaten, but I... Eliminate as much dairy from my diet as possible entirely because it's loaded with estrogen and it's female. Mm. And of course, when I uh, realized how uh, how they collect the milk and make it, which anyone who's eating right now does not need to hear all that because let me let me say, as bad as a slaughterhouse might be, look and smell a dairy farm from day and watch how they keep the milk in hundred degree vats and in the sun, and you will never eat that stuff willingly again and and going back to the whole notion of uh, thinking about how that food got on your plate um let's 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 put three things on the 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 plate as it were uh one is a meat a piece of meat it doesn't matter it could be chicken too uh one is a glass of milk and the other is some broccoli Mm -hmm. on the side first of all most people will treat the broccoli as just kind of like maybe they'll take one bite and they'll have the rest of it as if that's the serious part of the meal no we don't we feed that to the dog (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> see what I have to work with, Jane? Every week it's like this. All right. So it's, uh, so you have, have uh, those are the three things. And, you know, people kind of more or less dismiss a broccoli or mm-hmm. the, whatever the vegetable might mm-hmm. be, when in reality it should be a vegetable. Okay, so the vegetable, you don't have to worry too much about how it got to your plate. We can talk a little bit about how the migrant workers and such like that, maybe they were, you know, working and too hard. And they're also working on those. Yeah, They're exactly having right. to slaughter 5,000 right. animals a week. Right. And so, they're getting PTSD and right. all sorts so of other it's, problems. It's, it's far more, I mean, it's not even more horrific. It's, it's horrific what's happening to the meat, what it takes to get the milk in, that, in the glass of yours. Ugh. Whereas with the broccoli and the vegetables and the rice and the beans, yeah. it, it's really, you don't have to think, you don't have to go very far at all. It's, it's a very humane process. Uh, the worst that you can say is, okay, there's some pesticides here. Okay, and we can talk about that another day. Well, that day, goes but, into the meat. The but it goes into the meat anyway. You know what cracks me up? People go, ooh, soy. Well, hello, when you eat meat, you're eating concentrated soy. 94% of all soy that's, that's, that's produced is fed to animals. That's, that's, uh, that's one of the best arguments you can make, and I so agree with that. Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't even think about that right now. But isn't it cute, though, Jane, how... Um, when you you bump into, I mean, I, my favorite thing is when you bump into somebody who is a carnivore, mm. and they are absolutely huge, right? And then they tell you what's good for your health. Oh yeah, right. They're yeah. suddenly the great nutritionists, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, too too much soy. You know, I don't know. Uh, you gotta watch <laughs> yeah, out for yeah, that. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you, you really know your stuff, don't you? <laughs> so I sh- so tell me what I should be doing, Bob. Right. And you know, a, a big problem is that doctors don't get very, they get very little, if any, training in nutrition. So doctors are A, not healthier than the general population, and they don't have, they're, they're subjected to the same conditioning that the rest of society is. So you go to the doctor, you may 
may have had this experience as a vegan, and they'll start trying to push you off of it because well, they don't know. Oh yeah, they have no idea, and it's like the doctor who did see me, yeah. and and he didn't even have an answer. He didn't mm -hmm. have any solutions. He talked about statins, yeah. and I said, don't you think that's kind of yeah. like a, a stopgap measure at best? And yeah. I'm sure there there are bad things that go along yeah. with that. Okay, so. Uh, we talked before about the things that that resonate to people to convert them. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that you know I don't have a website on right. veganism. I don't have a radio show about veganism. This is the most I've ever done uh, on the vegan side. Well, can I just say that mine mm -hmm. is janeunchained.com, so people can visit it. Yes, right. we'll definitely uh, yes. promote that and promote it right now. Yes. Janeunchained.com. Yeah, uh, excellent website Thank by you. the way. So anyway. Um, I've converted about 50 people, probably a lot more without yeah, even realizing it. Sure. These are the people who actually told me that they yes. converted because of me. Good. And I'm, I'm always a little bit surprised. Like, why, uh, Bob or Bill, have you changed? And they said, you know, honestly, it's what you said to me on such and such date. And you convinced me. I, I, it just made a lot of sense. You're a me. good lawyer. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm good, better in persuading people to become vegan than sometimes the judges but, but, that, no, that you I know deal why with in my you're cases. Good? Because you don't represent the stereotype of a vegan. That's for the sure. The other thing that culture does is stereotype vegans. Right. Oh, we're dirty, hanging upside down from trees with nose rings and our entire face tattooed. Oh, they want that so badly. They want oh. that so badly. So yeah. when somebody like you, right. you know, you're a, a prominent lawyer, when you say I'm a vegan, then it's like, oh, wow. It throws them off. It, throws it definitely them throws off. them off. Yeah, I, I don't have the, right. the nose rings and the <laughs> tattoos and everything else. Uh, my, my hair is short. I, I, and so do most vegans. Most vegans yeah. look, you know, again, you know it's that, the stereotyping right. of vegans. Well, it's, it's like, it's like a stereotyping of Jews. You know, when, when people say, oh, you don't look Jewish. Yeah. I've heard that many times. Right. And like, well, wait a minute. What do you think a Jew looks like? And they, it's a stereotype. I'm Puerto Rican. People say you don't look Puerto Rican. Right. So what do you think yeah. a Puerto Rican looks like? Right. And, and, and it turns out like only like 10% of Jews, quote unquote, look like Jews. It's like the image that they think. They're thinking of Woody Allen and Alan Dershowitz and guys like that, right? But in fact, you know, 90% of the Jews don't look like that. I mean, Ari, Ari is Jewish, I'm Jewish, and I, you know, whatever. I don't look like Woody Allen, nor does uh, Ari here. And you have a son who's blonde hair, blue eyed. You'd think he's right. Swedish. So it's and a, it's my ex husband was Jewish, and he looked Puerto Rican. That, well, there you go. What you'd think was he, <laughs> he was very swarthy and he had a mustache right. and he worked for Geraldo Rivera. So right. uh, it was very funny. Yeah, but <laughs> so, you guys so, have both brought up a very interesting point, which is look how in the, in the same vein that the forces of, uh, of the subsidies and the lobbying and, and the entire marketing movement of all this, whether it's the uh, meat and dietary consumption side or the medical side right. are both trying to make what's normal look bizarre and obscene mm -hmm. and both are trying to make bizarre and obscene behaviors and activities look normal exactly. it's normal for a guy in his 50s for his uh, yeah. dorky don't not to yeah. work and to have right. three heart attacks that's right. normal just take some statin drugs right. exactly. it's, nor it's normal for uh, you know that weird old vegan over there to not shower and live with the hippies it's, in the street it's bizarre we're living yeah. in bizarre you know? times but yeah. it's, it's all this this effort to repack Package what's normal as, as Cracker Jacks. Oh, and, and, and I'll love, uh, thank you for saying that. And but I, Okay, so Jane, you'll appreciate this too. I agree, by the way. Yeah, of yeah. course. So it's normal, you said, to take Viagra uh, or Cialis or all those things in order to deal with this. Because, and you statins. Know, and the, all the statins and the Flomax uh, because of the, the prostate yeah, issues. Yeah, the Aircept for the um, Alzheimer's. Right. The prostate. Yeah. So, Side effects can include suicidal ideation, projectile vomiting, and God only knows what else. And the inability to get a nice healthy steak or something. That's right. Do, do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. 
So anyway, so anyway, good reference, right? Right. Okay. So, but but yeah. here here's another thing. To, you know, kind of um, pumping off of uh, what Ari just said. It shocked me even before I was a vegan that I heard this breast cancer business. Right. Oh, I, I'm not a don't woman. Don't get me started. Well, I'm gonna get you started. So you know, my mom, uh, she's wonderful. She's still very healthy and everything else. Um, she had breast cancer. Okay, back in the late 70s and early 80s, and it was very severe. And so I, I researched it. I love my mom, and I discovered that one out of three women can expect to have some form of breast cancer in her life. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, that's absurd. Mm -hmm. You know, you would expect something like that and the threat of death just because of your breasts. Um, that should be an anomaly as though, I don't know, you have uh, anomaly like in the same degree as um, tumor, uh, brain tumor. Or well, something. not even brain tumor. I, even less than that. Yeah. It, like um, I'm looking for the word. Uh, what's the word? Retarded uh, children when they they have the extra chromosome. Uh, Down syndrome. Down syndrome. Mm. Okay. I would expect it to be as rare as that. Mm. Maybe even more rare mm. because it doesn't make sense. The the breasts are there for a reason. Um, they give uh, nourishment and all that stuff. I, but we're not a three. Mm. That that's obscene. Something's wrong with that. And so I asked, I asked myself, is that number, is that ratio the same throughout the entire world? And I discovered, no. no. As it turns out, it's the ratio here in America, not so elsewhere. Yeah. Well, they are selling this whole thing about oh, milk does a body good. Milk for strong bones. We have much higher osteoporosis levels, is another example, than societies that drink very little milk. And there's a great book called The China Study. Uh, I, I, did the I did the legal yeah. work on that book. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And yeah. I've I just recently interviewed T. Colin Campbell. Yeah. He's um, a great man. And he's great. And he also gave a lecture that we put on JaneUnchained.com, which you can see, of the connection between meat and cancer. And they've known about it since the 80s. But it was only recently that the World Health Organization came out summarizing 800 studies and said that processed meat is a carcinogenic. Yeah. It causes cancer. Red meat is a likely carcinogenic, but he says it is a carcinogenic. So why are we running around feeding our kids nuggets? Are we giving our kids cigarettes? And if you try to stop feeding your children meat, people will turn around and attack you and say you're not a good parent. And in fact, the, the school boards are designed that you have to get special notes in order to not have dairy or meat served to your child. And it's, it's such a conspiracy, really it is, because processed meat is carcinogenic. So it's the last thing you should be feeding they, your kids. Yeah, they, they don't realize then, uh, the, the, the madness thing. And then you have an entire sham industry, a search for the cure. The oh, cure yeah. to what? The cure to the poison you're giving yourself yeah, yeah. and your children? Yeah. That's right. That's like you know, you're hitting your head with a yeah. hammer all day long, right. and you yeah. say, search for the cure for the pain. <laughs> oh, well, how about not having the pain in yeah. the first and place? Have yeah. you seen What the Hell? <laughs> My buddies Kip yes, Anderson and Keegan Coon did this movie, and it it's on Netflix, and it's changing. It's actually changing people vegan left and right because it's exposing these organizations right. where these people are getting rich, getting people to march around with balloons, yeah, searching do, do, for the cure and giving all their money when in fact the cure is don't eat this right. terrible meat and dairy. Well, it's a great distraction, isn't yes. it? Right? The, this yeah. march for the cure. Yeah. When I get a call from the, the breast yeah. uh, cancer awareness or whatever yeah. it is, I always say, shame on you. Yeah, you, exactly. you know better. They know what you should doing. know better if you don't. They know what they're doing. So I don't give a dime to these people. Yeah. It's a total waste of money 
um, and I, I don't care what you think about that. I, I, not you, but I'm saying you, our listener, if you think that's somehow heartless not to give to the Breast Cancer Society, here's why. Because they do not care to actually focus on what causes it. Right. They, they could care. prevent it, but, the, but what, what would happen to their organization if right. they prevented it? Their whole raison d'etre goes away. Yes. Okay, so let's move on. I want to move on to a different sure. cause, and, and I, I like this so much. By the way, What the Health is a fantastic movie. What, do check it out. Watch What the Health. It's brilliant. Yeah. Is it linked on uh, the Jane Unchained website? Can they well, you can just go to What the Health. Just Google What the Health. You can watch it online on your computer, or you can or go to Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. it, it's the most effective movie yeah. that I've seen since yes. Forks Over Knives, which was yes. a great movie, too. All right, let's, let's uh, roll back a little bit. So, you know, numbers, I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. Okay. And I, I love probabilities. Mm. I consider myself a, almost a master statistician. Really? And it's because of that <clears throat> that, A, I don't believe in gambling, <laughs> right? Because yeah. the numbers just don't make sense. Yeah that the probabilities are, are stupid against yes. you. So if you want to go have fun and ready to blow your $100 in Las yeah. Vegas, but by, and you just like the thrill of taking yeah. a chance game, absolutely. Treat it like as if you're going to Disneyland. You, you don't expect your money back after you right. leave money, you know, right. or you get more money back. Right. Sir, you really want at Disneyland. Yeah. You know, here, that would really make Disneyland great. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's a couple of slot machines in the front. Um, anyway, uh, on this ride, you know, you might win or you might die also. But anyway, the point is, um, treat it like that, and then, then you can have some fun. But people actually go in there thinking that they'll make money. You're a fool mm-hmm. if you believe that. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I, and for the same reason, I believe in God. Hmm. Okay, my, our listeners have, have heard me say this. The numbers demand it. I don't believe in God. I know there's a God because of the numbers. Likewise, I'm a vegan because of the numbers. Yeah. All right? You are playing Russian roulette with your body. If you're eating meat and drinking and consuming dairy, yes, you will eventually. After so many times, the, the bullet will go, will hit the, the the powder, and you will die. Except there's a bullet in every chamber. Yeah, that's that's probably exactly. true. Exactly, the, the relent part's kind of gone. That's yeah. right. It's just you you will have it's the, the odds are extremely bad for you, and you can say it's all about genes. No, it's not. That's garbage. You have th- that is again another. Um, uh, another mantra that the lobbying efforts yes. have, have spewed yes. out there as a distraction yeah, to, to make you think that you don't have any control over your own health. You they do. waged a war against soy and talked about estrogen. Soy contains phytoestrogen. Right. It doesn't operate the way estrogen does. You know what has estrogen? Meat and dairy products. Most of the cows that are slaughtered, or a good percentage, I don't want to exaggerate, a goodly percentage are pregnant because they just constantly rape them and impregnate them over and over and over again. Even the dairy cows, then they get spent, they send them off to slaughter, often they're pregnant, and then they replace them with their own babies, their oh, own daughters. Yuck. It's so disgusting. But that's where the estrogen is. A pregnant being has estrogen. So you're actually consuming so much estrogen, and this is, we have some men getting man boobs. That's part of that's part of the issue right. from meat, meat for sure, consumption. For sure, and all so, the non-female uh, bovines have had their uh, testicles removed. We, so they're uh, let's just say androgen and uh, you know deficient. Okay, so let's let's least. talk about um, one of the things I want to talk about and really want to make sure that we don't um, avoid. I want to make the conservative argument for veganism. Yes. Okay. Have you ever heard that combination of words before? Right? Uh, it's very hard yeah, to hear that. I and, would like but, to. But, but you and I can do that today. Yeah. And, and you and I can also make the liberal uh, cause for veganism. And then finally, you and I can make the green or environmental yeah. uh, cause for veganism. Yes. 
Let's start off with the the easy one. The green. The green. It's not one. that easy. Well, I, I, Listen, I, you and I, I both okay. think it's easy. But you know, I, but let's, uh, let's Al Gore. I, I sometimes I read he's a vegan. Sometimes he's not. But right. it is a really really inconvenient truth that he fails to talk about. And if he mentions it occasionally, he basically overlooks it whenever it counts. Okay, so he does not talk. Uh, I mean, look, I don't follow him around, so he may mention it, but he certainly doesn't make the case that meat production is the cause of more climate change, global warming, than all transportation combined. It's causing deforestation. It's causing everything from, you know, contributing to world hunger, because obviously it's the most inefficient use of resources, very simply because animals eat more than they produce as meat. Right? Right. Uh, It's very simple. And so he ignores that. Why? Because... Uh, maybe he eats meat still. I don't know. It, I, you know, you can't you can't tell by Googling. He says he is, but then they backtrack, and they did the same thing with Bill Clinton. Uh, I think Bill Clinton might have ba- dialed it back because of Hillary's presidential run, and, uh, you know, they've got to get past Iowa, which is a giant pig-producing state. So um, these people are not telling the truth, and the mainstream media is not telling the truth. I opened, I described to the New York Times, I opened it, I saw, ooh, climate change conference hosted by the New York Times at Paramount Studios. I bought five tickets, I went with four other vegans, the five of us were there, they had a whole big thing, they never mentioned the meat's huge impact on climate change. And so... Basically, we disrupted them. We started asking questions. Then we went outside afterwards, and they they were very uncomfortable. We went outside. They were serving pork and chicken. And we went live, because most of my videos are live. And then they shut us down, and basically, we were persona non grata. And they have never published a comment that I've made in the New York Times since. So I don't know whether they blocked me or what, but they were not happy. Well, from our perspective, they are the fake news, and that's an example of the fake news. Well, I don't think they're the fake news. but but This is where you and I differ. But... But having said that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we don't we don't believe that the Earth is warming in the, from from uh, caused by man necessarily. But I love it because I love this argument because I think you're a hundred percent right, a thousand percent right. That if you do believe in it, well then then at least you know say the right facts. The right yeah. facts are exactly like you said, mm-hmm. which is if there is man producing um, uh, climate change, mm-hmm. that we are primarily responsible for it, whatever the percentage might be. Uh, then it's predominantly 95% coming from animals, mm-hmm. our, our use of animals. So that's your argument as a green um, environmentalist, uh, and, and that's what you should be focusing on. Yeah. And it also is, not just from a climate change point of view, but from a land resources point of view. Oh, it's right? the worst. It's, I mean, it, it's the Amazon. Every couple of seconds, another acre's gone in the Amazon. That's right. It's all to make cropland and most of those crops go to feeding animals. Right. So and and for and cattle grazing. Right. So it's the combination of the two. And what is that? I think you might know the numbers better than I do. I used to know this off the top of my head. But for every person who goes vegan, you save X number of acres oh, of yeah. the rainforest. I mean, there I, I have the facts. You know, you can actually go to cowspiracy.com and they've got all those facts on right. their website. I don't want to make a mistake by by saying it wrong, but you know, it's something like you can take 500 or 50 showers for the for the price of one hamburger. So it's water, it's uh, climate change in terms of um, what the methane is Emissions, doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the destruction of the rainforest. It's the lagoons of manure and blood. Right. And 
animals, a cow produces 100 times more manure than a human being. Where does all that manure go? Nobody thinks about that. Giant right. lagoons of blood. Now animal activists have taken to flying drones over these factory farms. And what you see, when you see a lake of blood and a lake of manure, and then they take the manure and they spray it over uh, people's farmland and people's houses in North Carolina, which is a huge pig-producing state, people are getting sick because they live near these factory farms. Now, how is that capitalism? Right. When you're spraying your literally bleep, it starts with an S, right. over and it's hitting other people, right? And they can't even go outside their house. You know, where, well, does, where does it end? Where right. does your, pro your right to, to do your business... And, and somebody else's right to coexist. That's, that's the problem I have with right. no regulations. Yeah, well, oh, no. We we'll, we'll get there. We'll we get there. Conservatives always make the argument it ends at the demarcation point you just elucidated, which is I have the right to do whatever I want until it infringes on your right to do whatever you want. But, okay, but yeah. let, let, let's. So the, the, okay, here, no, here, I understand, here. but in, in a ge yeah. we can't think in terms of you know feudal concepts of geography. The right. kind of. Um, Substances that they're producing, they don't know geographic lines. When you when you put a whole uh, hundreds of hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds or hundreds of thousands of pounds or millions of pounds of manure into a river, it doesn't stay in that county. Well, I'll, I'll it goes easy, all the way. I'll make the easy analogy for yeah. you. Then I want to move on. Yeah. The easy analogy is you know the, the old days of cigarette smoking in the no smoking exactly. section. It doesn't know that it's in the no smoking exactly. section, right? Exactly. We only have a little bit of time. Yeah, so, no, 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 I don't have enough time. I don't have the time. There's too many other things going on. <laughs> so, first of all, the environmental side of it, yeah. I think we've kind of conquered it in yeah. terms of our explanation of why yes. we should go vegan. Okay. If, if you're a, an advocate of fighting climate change, then by all means, go yes. vegan. You better go vegan, okay? And don't, go, don't, don't be a climate change advocate unless you are a vegan because then you're a hypocrite. Right, and I think well, you agree with me. I think they are hypocrites. I mean, you're sitting around talking about changing light bulbs when this is so much more impactful to right. the environment. Of course. Then also, it's a it's a lack of efficiency of, of resources and land. Land is very important. Yes. Water is very important. Yes. If you if you believe in avoiding pesticides and antibiotics and GMO issues and all those things, these are all green issues, my friends. Yes. And if you stop eating meat. These issues will be resolved. Yes. If not 100%, then 90%. Yes. Good enough. That, I mean, don't, don't, you, don't you think that's a great start, my friends? So I think from an environmental point of view, yes. and then from a hunger point of right. view, efficiency of resources, bingo. Right. Okay. Uh, now, let's take the liberal point of view. Okay. Uh, I think this is, uh, you know, the classic liberal approach is. We need government to help us. We need um, people to work together. We need some rules and regulations. I, I think it's kind of easy to connect those two with the vegan things. That would simply be to say, look, we've got to uh, avoid people from uh, getting unhealthy, from uh, contributing to dangers to the environment. Mm -hmm. um, so that's fairly straightforward, right? Mm. Um, so I think liberals would should embrace veganism for that very reason. Mm, yeah, okay. pretty obviously. It's pretty obvious. Obvious. Now, what made... When I went to the Resist, the Women's Day March... Right. And um, this was in I like was March or something, right? March it was right after the day after the inauguration. Or oh, two, I didn't realize yeah. it was right after. Okay. Yeah, it was right after. I mean, it was a day or two. Ashley Judd. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I was it, right it, there. It was right I after. I was right, right there. That's correct. Yeah, and um, I was like 50 feet away or 40 feet away from Ashley. It was quite <laughs> quite an interesting performance. Yes. Um, anyway, um, I was very upset by Scarlett Johansson, I believe it was, who wore fur. You know, I mean, we did a whole vegan thing. 
We did a whole vegan march. I marched with a bunch of vegans. Right. Um, because if you care, you should care about all sentient beings. Go ahead. Sorry. So let's talk about the conservative side of it. Because to me, actually, it's, it may be the easiest one yes. to, to advocate. Right. So first of all, if you don't believe in big government, as we conservatives don't believe, mm -hmm. then you should be embracing veganism all the way. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because, because... The vegan world, sorry, the, the, the meat and the dairy industry is so government-oriented. Yes. It relies on lobbying for the government. It, there's a tremendous amount of regulations that are imposed upon yeah. business that would, should not be there at all. Yeah. And the, then, as you said, Jane, and I forgot about this. Thank you for reminding me. All the subsidies that oh, are involved. Oh, it's the worst. <clears throat> we, we don't believe in handouts. Conservatives don't believe in handouts, right? That's why we're against a, a lot of welfare issues. We're against affirmative action. We're against even the minimum wage. So, I mean, being $15 an hour at least. So, if you're against those things, as Ari and I are, for example, you should be against, uh, you know, all this government manipulation of the meat and dairy industry. Plus, they also make, <clears throat> they give all sorts of exceptions and exemptions to uh, food, the meat and dairy industry. While they the try to put the vegan companies out of business. Right. I think it was called the American Egg Board that's overseen by the USDA. Right. Actually, was... On emails, um, Hampton Creek, which is a, uh, a mayonnaise that's got no no egg in it, was wondering, why are all these nasty articles coming out? And I happen to know the guy, Josh Tetrick, who started it. He's a, a young man from the South. He's very handsome. He's charismatic, and he's getting all these nasty articles. As, as handsome as Ari? Or? Not quite. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he sees all these nasty articles being written about him. And uh, he's, he hires the lawyers, and they, they do a Freedom of Information Act. They find out that the American Egg Board is paying reporters to write nasty articles, and they're conspiring against, against Hampton Creek and Just Mayo. And they even talked about putting a hit on Josh Tetrick. I kid you not, you can Google it and look it up. The, they, one of the people lost their jobs because it all came out. But they were trying to put them out of business. You, and is you that see, capitalism? So, yeah, using it's fake a, news. It's, it's, yeah. it's not capitalism. It's not the fair market. Yeah. It's not the free market. Right. And it is government overreach by every stretch you yes. can imagine. Um, uh, and, and favoring certain um, uh, companies over others, mm -hmm. which, uh, in, in other words, the government is choosing winners and losers. Yes. And that ain't right, my friends. So, look, when you subsidize the meat industry, what are you doing? You're favoring the meat industry by definition, which means you're hurting other industries, mm -hmm. whether that's the vegetable and fruit industry yes. or even the fish industry. I mean, because the fish industry doesn't have as much of a lobby as the meat does. Yeah. But either way, you're hurting people. You're, you're picking winners and losers, and you should not be doing that. So even from a conservative point, in fact, I would say almost most dramatically from a conservative point of view, I agree. you should go vegan. You yeah. should be disgusted with this. And then don't, the be, pro, don't be fools. And then, of course, the pro-life issue that I've talked right. about and, before. And the other thing is, is exactly about um, the... Well, let the me pro mention one thing, other thing, checkoff programs, where the government actually pushes generic advertising for products uh, like milk, like meat, beef, it's mm. what for dinner, milk, it right. does a body good, all of that. Happy cows come from California. In fact, they tried to sue about happy cows come from California, which is the largest dairy state, but they said you can't sue the U.S. government. The government can lie. Right. Okay, so uh, it's, That's right. it's really Orwellian. I mean, the very things they say are the opposite, the, the misery, the cows are dying. So many cows are dying in California that they're building mass graves for them because the, 
rendering plant can't operate fast enough and we're actually trying to do something about that because I work with a group that's trying to pass a law. So Jane, here is a kind of a 24,000, what is it, $68,000 question, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yes. You and I have become vegans, if I were to say a big picture sort of yes. view, is we think about the consequences of not only what we put in our mouths and mm -hmm. how it affects our health, yes. but also how it affects the environment, yes. how it affects our souls yes. and, uh, and our spirit with each mm -hmm. other, um, and how it affects hunger and all those things. Yes. There are consequences. We see, you and I see yes. that. Yes. And I employ that in everything else that I believe in. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I see that in affirmative action. I see the consequences of affirmative action. I see the consequences of minimum wage. I see the consequences of higher taxes and such. You and well, I... We can debate all. I don't want to be... No, no, uh, we don't. Assume that I agree with everything you're no, saying. No, no, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that you agree with yeah. it. I'm simply saying I, I see these as consequential. In the same way that I think about veganism, that's the way I think about those other mm -hmm. three or four matters yes. that I just mentioned. Sure. And I, I, I invite people especially our conservative yes. uh, uh, listeners today, if you fancy yourself to be a consequential thinker, yes. and that's part of the reason why you are conservative, yeah. uh, or for that matter, even if you're not conservative, if you, if you like to think that you're, you know, you're a person that likes to think of the consequences of your actions, I invite you to listen to what Jane just said and hopefully what I just said about the consequences of your choices in what you eat and what you choose not to eat. And I think you'll change. And, it, and, I, and I love that. Now, the one thing I'll, I'll kind of maybe lead off with, and then we'll have a little bit more of an open discussion, is the religious reason, the spiritual reason to go mm. vegan. Oh, yeah. All right. So you alluded very briefly to this, but I'll bring it up now, mm -hmm. because now is the time to bring yes. it up. Um, there was once a time, and you can say, well, what's wrong with capitalism? You know, Barack, you are being uh, anti-conservative because you're trying to carve out a special uh, area where there's a natural demand for meat and dairy, and who are you to, to, to tell us we can't eat that? Well, first of all, I'm not telling you you can't eat it. On the contrary, I, I am a, a free market capitalist. I do, however, believe, and, and I know as you believe, that you ought to make it a, um, what is that, a level playing field. Don't give the subsidies. Don't give the favoritism to this industry versus that industry. Mm -hmm. And then let the free market decide. I would put it to you that if the hamburgers were, in fact, $20, $16, $20 uh, you know, per burger of, of the equivalent mm -hmm. of a right. Big Mac, right. I suspect that many people would find that there are a way to becoming vegan or right. they would suddenly become de facto vegans right. in much the same way that if you raise the price of gasoline to sure. $6 a gallon, surprise, fewer people will be on the freeways. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it, yes. right? Well, you're operating from the premise that these animals are property. So I have a different take on no, it. No, no, no. no. You, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's why I want to get to the religious side. Yes. Of it. They are not property. No. That's my point. Yes. And, and here's a consequential Thing that I wanted to add in. When you treat animals as products, mm. what do you, my dear listener, think is going to happen in a capitalist society, right? You are going, it, just, I want you to think about this, okay? It, it means that the price imperative, that's an economics term, right? right? Price imperative means that you want to get things cheaper and cheaper and cheaper in order to compete with your rival, 
And I have to say, there's a great film, Okja, that's on Netflix. You gotta watch it. Okja. It's very cute. And it's about that. Yeah. So what do you think is gonna happen? I'll tell you what's gonna happen. You're going to find you're a producer of meat. Let's put it that way, okay? You're now producer of meat, and you've got to compete with Joe the farmer and the rancher, and they've just done a conglomeration of some kind. And you need to compete because by golly, they're they're producing meat at a cheaper rate than you are. You've got to produce it cheaper, baby. So what do you do? You now graze your cows in a much smaller area. Oh, they're still they're still um, less uh, less expensive. Okay, smaller area. Okay, smaller area, smaller. And, and now let's try to find a way for the chickens, for example, to be on top of each other. Stacked. Because we gotta, we got to make use of our, our land, you know? They never see the light of day until the ride to the slaughterhouse. Right. They never touch grass. And they are de-beaked to keep them from pecking each other to death. Right. Everything is... They is, are castrated yeah. without anesthesia. And they, they are tails but, but she's are talking, cut off. She's talking about the cruelty side of it, and she's absolutely right to do so. But I'm telling you, and, and I'm agreeing yeah. with you, the reason why they are doing these very cruel things is because they're trying to make their product cheaper. Right. You will inevitably be more cruel to your meat product, your, your, your animals, Yes. when you are treating them like a product. You see, it, it, it's the same thing with slavery, wasn't yes, it? Yes, of right? course. At the end of the day, of you know, when you, you, if you treat a human being like a slave, you'll be cruel to him, right? By of definition. Course. And so... You know, no conservative, no liberal, uh, you know, thinks that slavery is somehow a natural demand. But guess what? It used to be. Right. Right. Slavery was the order of the day. It's it's only a relatively new thing that we don't uh, acknowledge slavery. Somebody very smart said, if you think you were against slavery, don't judge yourself by how you feel about slavery today. Judge yourself about how you feel about animals today. And You're so right. everybody likes to look back in the past and think, I was the one who would stand up against slavery. I would have fought the Nazis. I would have fought whatever the evils were. But the stats show, you like numbers, that very small, tiny percentages, much less than 1%, ever stood up to anything. That's oh, I, I, You are so right about that. The, the point is... You know, we all like to think when we read the mm. the, the, the great the, the brave stories of Harriet Tubman and mm-hmm. and the you know a lot of people yeah. who did the Underground right. Railroad right. and and all the things that people fought right. for and the founding fathers, uh, many of whom were against slavery and said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate in it. The abolitionists, many of whom, in fact, most of whom were Christian, um, they're very brave. These these were remarkable people, and you think about that, and you like to think. Just like you said, I'd be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be super brave. I would. Um, and the truth is, you you wouldn't be. Yeah. The chances are you wouldn't be. No. But guess what, Jane? You and I are. Okay. Well, you get the no, chance on now. This, this issue. On this issue, you get to be the chance. You get to be the hero. Yes. You get to be the one that says, "I did something different." Yes. I did something that I knew was right. And everyone else was wrong. But it's not. And they, a and they called me crazy too. Yeah, of course and, and they, they, they told crazy. they told the people who who uh, were against slavery that they were crazy. Yeah, that they, they were against hysterics. the natural order. Yeah, hysterics. and women who wanted to vote uh, and people who supported women voting. Right. They were described. Oh, the actually the slavery the slavery opponents were called sentimentalists and the women were called hysterics. Right. So we're called crazy for not wanting to kill animals, which is sort of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. Again, making the Obscene, normal, and the exactly, normal exactly. Right. That's that's the whole the whole thing. I will leave it like this. When because we're slightly over. When I went vegan, and I, I was telling a good friend of mine who himself was mm-hmm. very vegan. Uh, he was older, and 
I told him I was really enjoying this vegan thing, mm-hmm. and I was feeling better. I was yeah. losing weight, and he, and he said, "That's great." And he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, "Are you seeing things that you didn't see before?" Mm. And I know that when you're nodding your head, yeah, and you know what I'm talking about, yeah. And I said, at the time, it was only maybe a month into the process, two months. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And and he said, hmm, I've asked you the question too early. Let's talk again in about four months. And sure enough, we did. And I said, now I see what you're talking about. And what what I'm talking about, folks, is this ability to process information very fast. When you go vegan, you, you really do see things far quicker. And you begin to pick up senses that you didn't think you had before. You can tell, Jane, correct me if I'm wrong, you can tell you're talking to somebody and you say, right away you pick up clues that you didn't pick up before. Mm. And I need that as a litigator, by the way. It's very helpful, right? This guy's nervous for some reason. This Mm. guy is lying to me. Yeah. This guy I can trust. There's there's something fishy about this guy. He's got something he's hiding. Um, I I can pick that up now in ways I couldn't. And sometimes I can even predict what people are going to say before they say it. Wow. So... Uh, I think the combination, and this is getting to I the religious part of I haven't gotten that skill. Sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what people are going right. to say before they say it. Well, look, <laughs> I, I love God. Yes. God is a very big part of my life. And I think they, they mesh beautifully together. I think God wants us to be vegan. I do. Yeah. I like to say yeah. that Jesus Christ, we were discussing this when well, we were talking one day on the beach. I said, you know, I was reading that book, Zealot, and it's interesting because Jesus Christ went into the temple. Right. And he, he not only fought with the money changers, he chased all those animals out of the temple in Jerusalem. He would be considered a radical animal rights activist today. For sure. For doing that. For sure. But and I'll, an eco-terrorist. But, but I'll go even a little bit further than that. You know, we know from the Bible that God doesn't like slavery. He hates slavery. Yes. Okay. In fact, he made the rules about it. He said, listen, I, I hate slavery so much, I, I, I consider it a form of theft, mm. right? I mean, it's the ultimate yes. form of theft. But I understand that you guys have to have your slaves. So if you are, here are the rules. And the rules were very onerous. You've got to you know, only have them work so many hours a day. You've got to give them the Shabbat, which is the one day of a week of, of pure rest. You've got to enable them the ability to buy their own freedom. You have to give them a place to eat and to sleep and to show them respect. You can't hit them, you know, except for under certain circumstances. I mean, they were very onerous. And so the Jews who had these rules said, to hell with that. <laughs> and they just decided to rent people. In other words, they hired employees to mm-hmm. do their, their works. So Jews didn't have very, very many slaves unless mm. they were not observant. Mm. Likewise, uh, about polygamy. God didn't like polygamy either. And he, he said, look, I understand I can't stop polygamy. You guys seem to be rampant about polygamy, but let me show you the consequences. And in the Bible, over and over again, it shows you the consequences of polygamy. Look at, look at Joseph and his brothers from two different mothers, right? Mm. They resented Joseph because mm. he, was the, he was from the favored wife. Mm. Uh, King David and his four sons from four different mothers, all of them vying for each other. And as a consequence, all of them fighting for power of the kingdom, right? So these are, these are among many other very powerful stories of the Bible. And uh, polygamy is very frowned upon. And it's an interesting thing. The Torah says, and it gives a, a very strong admonition about the way we eat animals. We call it the kosher laws, the kashrut. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And, and you know about the kosher laws. You, you used to be married to a Jewish man. Perhaps he, he was kosher. I don't know. He wasn't. But, but, it, but, but you understand the concept. And here, these animals you can eat, it's more than this. 
these animals you can eat and those animals you cannot eat. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. You also can't eat meat with dairy at a certain time. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you have to wait at least an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And plus, you have to have separate dishes. You have to have separate ovens mm-hmm. and separate sinks. It's, it's mind-boggling. If you're vegan, you're automatically kosher. Bingo. But wait. That's wait. why you see but a wait. lot of kosher people. But wait, there's people more. People who are kosher at vegan restaurants. But, but there's more. Mm. And here's the beauty of it. And watch this, because this is a way that most vegans have not thought. Okay. Could it be that much in the same way that God made the rules of slavery, saying, you want slaves? Fine, here are the rules. And they were so onerous that they mm-hmm. said, to hell with it. Yes. Right? Could it be that the kosher laws, and I'm telling you, if you are a strict, observant uh, Jew when it comes to the kosher laws, mm-hmm. you ain't eating anywhere. You're not eating at a, even um, at your neighbor's house mm-hmm. because you can't rest assured right. that they are truly kosher. Right. You, you are having to do all these dishes separately, mm-hmm. and it's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it really, you have to dance right. on eggshells, pardon right. the pun, uh, all the time when you're eating kosher. Mm-hmm. At some point, you say, you know what? F this. Mm-hmm. I, I just forget it all. I'll just yeah. eat vegetarian and, yeah. and uh, ultimately vegan, hopefully. And that's the easy answer. And I think that God is actually pushing us there. I do believe that. And, you know, it just so happens that Israel is the ground zero, along with Berlin, of the vegan movement. That's right. And there's a new movie that just came out. I just watched the trailer a couple of days ago called One Angry Vegan. And it's about a mother in, I believe it's Tel Aviv, but in Israel. And she just finds out about what they're doing to animals. And she just flips. She just becomes this intense activist. And it's a really brilliant movie. And they're also having... Um, a huge march with something like 50,000 people coming up in Tel Aviv for animal rights. So there's a really, really big movement in Israel for animal rights. It's one of the biggest in the world. Where do you think and, uh, that we can get um, the most, the low-hanging fruit? Who are unlikely allies? Let's put it this way. Yeah. My, my unlikely ally um, if, to support veganism would be those who support climate change. Right, that's my like yeah, unlikely sure. ally. Who yeah. are your unlikely allies among the conservative movement? Because I have one, and, and sure. Ari actually brought this up. I mean, you know, uh, this is quite shocking because I really don't agree with him on very much of anything. But in the Trump budget, there is a cut to um, agricultural subsidies, as well as to USDA's Wildlife Services, whose sole job is to run around killing hundreds of thousands, millions of animals. I mean, they kill so many coyotes, and they they kill pets, and they poison. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible agency that needs to go. Wildlife Services... Wildlife services is like the devil, in my opinion. I it's, agree. They're just a killing machine. Right. So apparently in the budget, there's a proposal to cut that. There's a proposal to cut agricultural subsidies. And, you know, I agree with that. So the problem is a lot of members of Congress benefit from the agricultural subsidies because somehow they've figured out a way to become farmers themselves. And when we say farmers, there are no real—the real farmers, like— you know, the kind that uh, Willie Nelson stands up for, they're being wiped out. These are factory farms. These are people who live in big cities who are multi-multi-millionaires, if not billionaires. And these are factories. They're not right. farms. Right. So I, th- I would say let's get members of Congress. They want to cut the budget. Um, cut agricultural subsidies. Just cut them out. There's And the insurance, there's a whole insurance scam that goes along with... Well, in, in other yeah. words, I mean, your unlikely ally is uh, are those people who want to limit government. Yeah. I, and I, I couldn't agree more. Agree. The one the that Ari brought up... And all those people. Yeah. The one that Ari brought up, and I think he... It's an interesting thing. You and I can both focus on this. 
the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people that uh, love life. They, um, at the same time, they would have no problem having a burger. Um, I think we, we need to make their beliefs consistent. How about that? Right? You, you, you love life, yes. and you should. And, and mm-hmm. look, I'm, I'm against abortion also. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pro-life myself, mm-hmm. not surprising. But I think that we need to speak to pro-life people and say, listen, in the same way that you and I need to speak to climate change or, uh, yes. Uh, yes. advocates, uh, saying, you know, if you really believe in climate change, then stop eating the friggin' meat. Right. And if you really believe in life. Right then you should love and cherish life in all its forms. I agree. I agree. I also think we should go to churches and synagogues. I mean, what you talked about, uh, but also with with churches. What do you think Jesus Christ would think about these factory farms? He would be horrified. He would go in there and free all the animals. And uh, so these people who think of dominion and they grab onto that concept and they, I was actually, uh, you know, arguing with somebody. I happened to be at church for, for some reason, and there was a big thing about the meat. Thank you for the meat. And I said to somebody, I said, that's really not, you know, that's not a, yeah. that's not a, a spiritual. And it, we got into a fight. I had to actually leave the church. She, she actually has bruises <laughs> on her eyes, folks. Uh, she, yeah. She looks like she really uh, got hurt. People are really, <laughs> they don't realize their condition. I mean, the final thing I'd like to say is that people say, well, they have all sorts of arguments. You know, the protein, well, there's more protein calorie per calorie in kale. That's nonsense. And have you ever come home with a protein deficiency from the doctor? It's a big scam. It's a scam. Okay. The second thing, uh, obviously. It's like saying a, an oxygen deficiency. Right. Uh, tradition is no excuse. And then people say, but we're carnivores. It's natural. Actually, we're not. Carnivores, when they see roadkill on the side of the road, salivate, and they will dodge traffic to grab that roadkill and eat it right there on the spot. You and I will throw up. A carnivore. <laughs> when no, that's if why we cars see it. are always hitting me. <laughs> now, that was good. All right. So, but I'll wrap up with this yes. because we're really way over yes, time. Uh, one of the most important things for all of us to, to read, and, and uh, palming off of your uh, dominion comment, because you're absolutely right. God gave us dominion over the animals. That does not mean that we, we can do with them what we please and right. kill them and slaughter them and, and treat them so brutally. Uh, God gave us, and you might as well say that Queen, the Queen of England, uh, who has dominion right. over subjects, can go ahead and slaughter them. Good argument. All uh, right. It, it's, I mean, I wish it were my argument. It's actually Peter Singer's argument. Yeah. And I, I don't like Peter Singer for other reasons, but he was right on that score. Um, the, the one thing that you may not know is that before the flood, there were seven commandments. Not the Ten Commandments that we think about. Mm -hmm. There were seven commandments. And the last of the seven commandments, be kind to animals. Yeah, absolutely. And that is um, an ongoing commandment to all of us. Mm. And we must uh, observe that as as a will of God. Jane, thank you so much for being with us today. You are a blessing. It was a fun conversation. (laughs) Ari, thanks for introducing us. Are you vegan yet, Ari? He's thinking about it. I'm, I have plans to fatten both of you up. All right. Like well. I sent you on the beach. I love dining on vegans. <laughs> well, All right. thank you, Ari. Uh, and thank you so much, Barack. And, and don't forget to promote Jane's website. Yes, uh, and everything. that's right. JaneUnchained.com. It's a fantastic website. You'll learn so much. You'll see links to videos and everything else. And the sources of, uh, of facts and uh, information are so rich. Listen. Make a change in your life, and great things can happen, and it'll open up your mind to many other things. It's worth it. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.